Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. It is Wednesday, July 6th. Oh. Normally, we're recording these babies on Mondays, but... I know. This will be the first time you guys will hear our voices fresh. Fresh. Like, this is like the bakery bread in the morning. Fresh off the press. Exactly. I was uh, up in Tahoe enjoying a great family course. Uh, dude, it was so cool, man. You know, I was, I was looking... Uh, I got a little vision, you know, board. Um, I got a poster here that I blew up. Um, every year we do a vision boarding exercise, you know, with the team, family, all that kind of stuff. And instead of, you know, clipping out all of the magazines and spending like $80 on magazines to use, you know, 30 pictures, um, we just do digital ones now. And I know a lot of you actually have reached out to me. You've sent me yours. Um, if you want to do a vision board and you just go to my YouTube channel, um, you can see digital uh, vision board, but I also printed out a bunch of like four by six cards. I think you've probably seen them, Ryan. And um, I have one in my car, and there's a picture of a uh, of Lake Tahoe beachfront property, you know, the emerald waters, and um, and a family like hanging out. And one of my you know vision board pieces, I was thinking, you know, ten years into the future, I was going to have a beachfront property, um, you know, spending time in Lake Tahoe with my family which is something that I grew up doing, but we were, you know, staying in campsites and, you know, sleeping on the dirt. Um, and like, I had this like, aha, just like euphoric moment of seeing my kids, you know, running out on the lake on the beach, Firelight Lodge, one of the hotels is literally on the beach. So it was just like a really surreal moment of like, you know, just gratitude, man. I think, you know, like we, we talk a lot about this crockpot mentality versus the microwave mindset. 
Um, and it was many years of just hard work and taking action and believing and not quitting. And, you know, all of a sudden I own a hotel on the beachfront of Lake Tahoe, watching my kids play, listening to music, you know, drinking a cold one, experiencing exactly what it was that I put on my vision board. And so, um, that was something that was pretty cool to experience this last week. And I think, you know, it makes me one so grateful for America and where we live and this land of opportunity. But I also think, you know, it just reminds me that man, like anything that any of you, if you can relate to what I just said, are working towards, like, don't, don't think that it's that unattainable and don't think that it's that far out. Cause I thought this was, Hey, one day when I'm in my fifties, you know, well, my grandkids will be, you know, doing this versus my four and my seven-year-old, you know, it happened way faster than I thought. And so, you know, you do the right things consistently over an extended period of time and, you know, good things start to fall in place and whatever it is, that's, big, you know, on your vision board, maybe a lot closer than you think if uh, you continually take action towards this. So we had a great 4th of July. It was super fun. Um, you know, Tahoe was crazy. They had a cool drone show instead of the fireworks. And I saw that. That was legit. Bro. The bird, dude, bird I, of the wings was legit. It had little blue eyes. Technology is, is just insane you know, with how rapidly it's changing things. And obviously Tahoe, there's fires and there's concerns about all that kind of stuff. So they did the um, drone show instead. And it was unbelievable how freaking cool it was. And like, you know, they had like 200 drones, like flying within, you know, unison together and lights changing and they were making it look 3D and they're zooming in and coming at you and they're pulling. I mean, it was really, really cool. So Kids loved it. We had a good time. What'd you do for the fourth, brother? I, um, excuse me. I was, uh, in my neighborhood. We have a lot of kids. So every year I am uncle Ryan. This is second year in a row, second year in the neighborhood. And me and one of the other dads, we do all the fireworks. So everybody, we went to the end of the cul-de-sac and everybody sat around. And then me and this other guy, his name's Curtis, he, we, we went and set up all the fireworks and like, we're like, all right, let's do these ones, these ones. These. So we would do the little show. And the funny part is he's told me, he's like, one of my dreams was to do a fireworks show. So this is, so he did, he has like, this is the level of people in my neighborhood. So I apologize. Y'all are going to find out how my neighbors are. He has this app on his phone and this little box and has all these wires coming from it. It's like literally, it's a fuse box that is activated. So he has an app on his phone. He puts these little things around the fuses and he hits this button. It lights all of them off at the same time. Talk about it was. It was legit because we could light off so many fireworks at once. We figured out we could each light off three apiece. And then he had six fuses. We could do 12 at once. So we were doing 12 firework little shows. The kids were loving it. My father-in-law was in town. Uh, Alex, my wife was out there. So it was a good time. It was really, really fun. We had a, we had a really good time just hanging out with everybody. Um, I just enjoy the 4th of July. I ordered a, I, I've, ordered a flag and I thought it was going to be here 
Uh, I'm the only one. You know, I've been slacking. That's all right. You got to rock it at least for the rest of the year now. I'm for sure rocking it for the rest of the year. It just sucks because I wanted to have it before. And I got this really nice one. You know, it's like, boom, America. Um, That's not good, though. It was just... It was just, like I said, fun to be around all of our neighbors and just, you know, celebrating the 4th of July. I saw a lot of stupid stuff on social media, like from uh, certain Democratic parties. I'm like, fuck the 4th and stuff like that. And it's just like, again, what the fuck? Um, it, I have zero patience or tolerance for people that just want to shit on America nowadays, which seems to only come from the left. Oh, yeah. I mean, just don't give about negative posts on that day. Like, it's so... Um, it's so disrespectful is- to the people that have sacrificed so much. Like, the cupcakes nowadays of how easy their life is and the shit that they want to complain about. Yeah, the funniest part is it's like it's all, those pe- all those people that are like... not even pe- Even liberal people that are celebrating it, I think I'm starting to realize that they're, you know, celebrating a holiday that wouldn't be there unless there were guns. So that's probably a little bit of a pill to swallow. Um, it's 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 the reason that our country exists. It's the celebration of the founding of our country. And the, the craziest part was it it's been like on this V shape, you know, for a while, but nobody said anything. And then like this year, all of a sudden, 4th of July got demonized. Last year, everybody was down for 4th of July because uh, everybody wanted to get back outside. Uh, this year, they got all demonized. So it was just weird seeing that. I don't like that. I just, I think it's very disrespectful, like you were saying. And then there's no reason to um, to just think, you know, to be like that on a day when we're, we're celebrating our veterans, we're celebrating our active duty service members, we're celebrating our country's history. And it's like all the people that are complaining about it still won't leave. Yeah, they won't leave or they're the ones who, you know, want everything handed to them. They want, you know, socialism across every platform and, you know, they want everything to be free and they want... It's like that they have no understanding of the the fabric that this country is woven off of and it's so like ignorant and oblivious that they have no idea of what that really means and yet they right fight for whatever it is that they're fighting for at the expense of all the things that give them the ability to fight for those things in the first place well that's one of the reasons i like real estate so much is because i feel like for um not that it's not a complicated thing to do, right? It's just easier to understand because you can touch it. Yep. There's something about being able to, you know, it's like an in-person meeting versus a virtual meeting. There's something about that realness. Um, I think that's reignited some, you know, entrepreneurialism in people because they've realized, you know, what you can do when you invest your money. And then that opens the doors to other investments. And that's, you know, why, you know, I like real estate, why it works well with other traditional stuff is because even though, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit hasn't died, it's just kind of gotten lost over the past, you know, decade or two. Um, I think a lot of it's getting reignited because people are seeing not the people that are bragging about overnight success, but hey, look at me what I've done for the past five years and look at where I'm at now. People like yourself, you know, like, hey, I put my nose down for 10 years. I did the right thing. Uh, here I am today. 
and look what I have to show about it. Here's my story. It's not like it's it was overnight success, but a lot of people work a lot longer than you know 10 years to get to a position where you're at or where I'm at. And that I think the, the fact that you used to have to go to college to sometimes get the level of information you can now get honestly from some sources on a podcast or a YouTube source. I would argue we're one of those people. I know a bunch of other ones that I would say are equivalent and sometimes definitely way more technical than we are. The landscape has changed. It's even more available than it was before. Mm. You know, you don't have to go into debt to get a piece of paper to say you know something. You can literally just go and do it. So that, that to me, you know, it always we always go through these scary times sometimes in the U.S. But I'm I've always said it before. I'm super bullish on the U.S. consumer because for some reason we always figure it out. Even though we suck sometimes, we always figure it out. You know, it's when I was, you know, again, this is the contrarian to me, right? Anytime someone says America sucks, anytime someone says America's losing, you know, it's edge. It's like when we hear that narrative, the right people hear that narrative, which is usually the majority, right? Those fringe people that are saying America is this and that. And right, they're generally a very small minority, but sometimes they do get a loud soapbox and 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 a large soapbox i just love doubling down on america because every time Mm -hmm. we've been bet against we've been counted out we are some scrappy motherfuckers that you know when there is challenges when there is problems we have historically proven time and time again that that is the greatest creator of innovation that is the greatest incentivizer of elevating and leveling up and we continue to show that we can do that so i'm excited to see what this next little you know technical recession that we've been talking about creates from a standpoint of entrepreneurship like if you're somebody that wants to really take your life and your business your bank account your impact to the next level these are the arenas that you pray for. Like these are the times that you get excited about. Like, yeah, when things are going great and everybody's making money, that's awesome. But when times get tough, you know, people get quiet, people shrink, people go away. And these are the times that the real entrepreneurs, the real investors, the people with real grit, real persistence that are playing this game at a high level, that are playing this game for real that aren't just making this a hobby, but that are making this a lifestyle, that are making this something that they are obsessed with and committed to for the long term. This is when real innovation creates new businesses, creates new financial futures for families and for you know the future generations behind us. So I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of all of this. And yeah, it's not always easy, but these are the moments that you got to lean in instead of laying down like, Unfortunately, a lot of people do and want help and somebody to come solve their life's challenges and problems for them. That doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for your family. It doesn't do anything for your future. It's the real challenging, stressful moments. You know, I hate using that cliched statement of like, you know, no pressure, no diamonds. But in the moment of when that pressure is high and you are stressed and you don't like necessarily what you're going through, but you get through it and you're still alive and you're still whole, you become a little bit more skilled and wise and dangerous. 
you know, as a human or a business, you know, person or an investor going forward, those are the moments that make amazing stories what they are, not because they were easy, but because people ultimately found a way to persevere and push through those moments and they become came somebody new as a result of that. And so I'm uh, I'm going through that season right now, you know, in, in the hotel business and just different, you know, uh, opportunities of growing a team and scaling a company. And um, man, I'm, you know, it's definitely moments where I'm stressed out and pulling my hair out and wondering what the hell I'm doing and why I'm doing it. But at the same time, it's also as I continue to hit, hit those, you know, milestones and dominoes fall, like you, you, you get even more committed to that process because you know, you know, what it forges you into and what the results are. So I'm really excited about what's going on. We're obviously going to be talking about what you know, we're seeing here in the market, again, Ryan and I don't have a crystal ball. We don't act like we know everything. But what we love to do is just present as much data as we possibly can to you guys. Oh, shit. He does have a crystal ball in his hands. Um, I know I got mine somewhere. I got my fake one right here. Um, and, you know, by putting out as much data as we possibly can, I think, you know, if there was one thing I could say is probably in the top five, if not three, depending on what context you're arguing it in. Number one currency today, it's data. At the end of the day, all these companies are violating your privacies and they're you know tracking every damn move you make because the value of those decisions and what that data tells them is ultimately what is making the world go round now. And so... All we can do is say, what data do we have access to when it comes to our finances, to the financial markets, to the real estate market, to whatever, you know, insert, you know, subject it is that you're looking to get an edge on and look at what the data is telling you and and try and look at it as unbiasedly as possible. And that's what we try and do. So if you're new to the show, you know, welcome in. Uh, we continue to grow this audience every single week. It shows me that more and more people are interested in understanding how finance, not just in you know making the basics work and move forward, but really like high level financial literacy becoming more and more of a topic that people really want to engage in the conversation. In. And we're not financial experts. We're obsessed with finance and we love talking about it, but we don't dub ourselves is that we're students just like you. We just happen to be in the game on the front lines, you know, working in the trenches every single day in our respective, uh, you know, areas, Ryan in the financial markets, me in real estate. And, um, you know, if you are somebody that listens to the show, supports us, has subscribed, has left us a five-star review on iTunes, um, it means the world to us guys. So big shout out to you guys. If you haven't taken advantage of your free financial x-ray with Ryan and his team, be sure to text that word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Ryan, what do they get when they uh, text that number to you? Yeah. When y'all reach out, uh, if you have an established portfolio or if you're looking to get one kind of established and you got a, uh, some dis- discretionary income, we can kind of take a look at what you're doing or what you want to do and project that out and show you. Um, Really, what's under the hood? Uh, the main thing that we see, as I've said most of the time, is people are paying a little bit more than they know, and so we like to dig into that. And then we may have underperformance or lack of performance. Or um, the most common thing I see is people taking way more risk and not getting the return necessary. Um, nobody's getting a good amount of return right now for taking a lot of risk, including myself. 
But long term, you should be able to get a fair amount of return if you're taking a lot of risk. And we can um, quantify that with risk reward, scatter plot, standard deviation, alpha beta modeling, stuff like that. And so that, those are things you get. And it's it's um if you go to a, a traditional firm, they'll charge between a thousand to fifteen hundred, sometimes more, to get a financial plan. For our listeners, we just do that as a as a free bonus for people kind of sticking with us, keeping educated. And the craziest thing is, I had somebody tell me last week, I was on the phone with them, uh, somebody called in for an extra and they were like, yeah, I was just thinking like, I made all these moves in my 401k like last year and I was watching the news and I'm like, I hear them talking about like rising interest rates and then it's happening and they were shocked. And I was like, how do they not know about that? I knew about that. And I was thinking, oh yeah, because I listened to the, the podcast. So, you know, we give the best information we know how to give, Matt. Set hit the nail on the head. We do not have a crystal ball, or at least working ones that we know of. Um, but we try to get the information as best we can up front for y'all, so you can make informed decisions and try to get to the front lines with us. Because all that we did ultimately was that we were brave. We were not. We're not afraid to fail, and we went in. Went in it with good intentions. We made you know calculated decisions with calculated risk, and a lot of the times it wins, and sometimes you lose, and you learn from it. Right now, what all my clients and listeners on the podcast, they're having to be very diligent. And I have a lot of people listening to me and doing something they've never done before. You know, they're waiting for the market to go down and now they're increasing their purchasing. And I haven't even seen the back end yet. Imagine looking back in 12, 18, 24 months and you can actually see in your account for the first time a 50, 60, 70% return. That's what happens when you buy the market uh, in quality areas when it does things like this. This is um, if you ever are like questioning, you know, we've done the the comparison, the real easy one of you know when you hit the sell button, it's the reason it goes through is because somebody's waiting to buy. Go look at all these big. Um, if you like Google billionaire portfolios, look at what it is. If you look, it's it's like. Eight or nine stocks. Warren Buffett has like the majority of his assets in, in one stock, which at his income level, he can do. It doesn't matter if that company goes down. He has so much in cash, it just doesn't matter. Uh, Bill Gates, he has like 30 plus percent of his portfolio in Berkshire Hathaway. Hmm. So you have to ask yourself if all these super wealthy people are are scooping up equities and they just never sell them. They just wait for them to go down and then they buy. They will never sell. I mean, I say that loosely with my asterisks. You know, they'll they'll sell here to buy more, but they don't sell to sell. They sell to buy. It's always to keep capital deployed. So why wouldn't you try to model that yourself? They're taking the same loss as you are. They just have so much more in assets because of the diligence, larger account balances, demand higher yield. 3% on a billion is a lot more than 3% on a thousand, is what that means. Um, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. It's just not that fun to, I mean, who likes to walk uphill? Nobody. It's, it's one of those things, right? Where, like, as many times as I even say it out loud to you guys, the listener, I still have to remind myself every single day that building really sexy wealth is really monotonous, 
and boring and slow until it becomes fast and sexy and really exciting. Like it's just this diligence and persistence and trusting in a process over and over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. until all of a sudden it really does snowball in a way that becomes much more fun and much more sexy. But until it, until you get to that point, like you literally have to trust that the team and, and plan and the actions that you're taking are going to get you there because that's where most people make the mistake is they divert from their plan. They divert from their team. They try and go and do it themselves and the four or five steps that they took towards that, you know, 50, you know, step plan, they don't even get to that first real big milestone of getting that kind of nugget and carrot that keeps you going and, you know, keeps kind of re-injecting some fuel and belief and trust in the tank to go to the 10 to 20 steps. And then they end up taking five or six or seven. And now they're in a negative step, right? From where they initially started. And, and that's the, the challenge that most traditional retail investors have is they just cannot one they don't have a clear plan two they can't trust in that plan and three right they don't have the persistence and the patience with that plan over an extended period of time and so that's where right and the second there's any adversity or they go through a trough get if i can do one thing for the psyche of any investor Stop thinking like you're going to win all the time. That's the biggest fallacy I see is the second anything goes wrong, you quit. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody that I'm that's listening to this is hearing this and saying that's me. If you're if that's if that voice in the back of your head is saying that, it is as simple as understanding the, this one concept that's like ingrained into my mind: the path to success is laid with bricks of failure. It ha- you have to fail to succeed. It's, it's a, it, and the boxer is the best example of it. Knowing they're going to get the shit beat out of them and they go into the ring knowing that they just have to beat the shit out of the other guy more or girl or woman, excuse me. Um, everybody knows there's going to be adversity and rough rides ahead. Mm. You just have to know that and have a plan for when that happens. And I, in my world, you deploy all discretionary income that you can because that's how you earn lots and average your account balance down. In your world, when you can see what's like we're talking about on the horizon, maybe you pull some of your, you know, your vanilla ice cream off the market and get some dry powder available for when there's some rocky road floating around. It's not that hard to do. It's just somewhat hard to do. <laughs> you just have to do it and then wait and know that it's not this. That a lot of people love the man, we need to make the shirt. Crock pot versus microwave. That's a freaking shirt right there. That's it, baby. We are the crock pot kings. We set it and forget it. I like rotisserie chicken and pot roast <laughs> over. Well, you make you know pizza bites. <laughs> you making me hungry, fatty man. Oh man, man. but no, but, but really, it's it's the diligence of doing the hard thing and the hard times that gets you the feet up on the beach and the good times. It's really, it's really what it is. We we'll be able to point back to this. You know, I'm 34. You're 30. We'll be able to point back to this in our 50s, and 
show the discipline that the crockpot mentality can get you. I'm curious to see what our net worths are and what our cash flows are and what our portfolio and positions look like, knowing that you and I are literally both committed not only into our 40s, not only into our 50s, not only into our... Like, this is just our discipline strategy. What is that going to look like? And that might be a fun exercise to model out based on just maybe a relative consistent number of investment into maybe some averaged vehicles over an extended period of time that we know we're both investing in. Maybe that's something that we can... That's what the financial x-ray gets you. Yep, that is. Well, I know that you've already done that for us on on certain things. And that's something that, again, Ryan and his amazing team will do that for you. So if you text the word for free, by the way, text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555, you guys can take advantage of that. Speaking of what, you know, is going on in the market right now, yep. you know, we're, we're six days into Q3 of quote unquote now a technical recession based yeah. on, you know, what definition would say. And yet a lot of the data and what a lot of people are still arguing is that we're not in a recession. What are you guys seeing? What are your analysts and quants digging into? What's the conversation and narrative in your world? I just think that uh, the news likes to act like they don't want to be wrong while saying the wrong thing. And it's easy to say, oh, you know what? I, we thought, but we were wrong. And it's easy to say the easy thing. And it's easy to just be a parrot. Um, I'm sticking to my guns on the technical recession. And it's even more so now relevant to me that I believe on the 28th, the, the, the echo chambers of the idiots and the economic you know, news reporting space are going to start squawking that we, oh, yep, it's official. We're in a recession. GDP data softened again, blah, 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 blah. Um, it, it just, what I try, I'm try, I've been trying to think of how to explain this to people. And it's almost like if you walked into my house and you went into my pantry, uh, I have a bag of flour, unbleached, if you're curious, sitting right in my baking area and there's chocolate chips next to it. I have some, you know, I get my sugar from Florida because I fuck with the Santis. So I got my sugar right there and I have some butter in the fridge. And you would not be mistaken to say with all those ingredients, I could make some cookies. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group 
who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's my first. 50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. But you would be a little bit odd to say, oh, just seeing one bag of flour. I'm like, look at those cookies. I see a bag of flour, so that means cookies. That's, that's the equivalent of how it sounds when people are sounding off, oh, look, the market's going down, so we're in a recession. And, and maybe they have some chocolate chips because, oh, look at GDP's down maybe two quarters in a row. But it takes more than those items to be in a true recession, then that would lead to a depression, which is really what the media is, is saying. Don't be fooled with the word recession. They're, they're trying to say, oh, we're going to go and do a depression. They don't want to say that word. But that's, that's really what they would be saying. We're already down over 20%. That's past correction. We're definitely not going to get above... G, above uh, we're not going to get positive moves likely in GDP due to inflationary pressures. You also have to understand that literally... And this is, again, this is stuff they don't talk about like we know as investors... When inflation gets so high, we don't buy U.S. goods. We buy foreign goods. So it jacks the trade deficit through the roof and it throws off our GDP numbers because it's gross domestic product. Not what we import, what we export and what we buy domestically. It throws that number awry. When I went through the data this past weekend, because I'm a freaking weirdo and that's what I do with my time off. <laughs> I still work sometimes. And I'm listening to our, our guys go through this. It's becoming more and more apparent to me that I could have, I could be right. And I'm not saying I am, but I'm feeling more and more so that I am right on this technical recession because of what I'm seeing in the data. It, we don't, we're, we're adding on average 400,000 jobs per month. We have non farm, uh, we have job openings as of today at 11.3 million jobs. That means next month we should have less job openings. Job openings going down and employment staying low means job openings are opening, or excuse me, getting filled. And employment, uh, the unemployment rate, if I can remind all of our listeners, is expected if uh, tomorrow, if uh, the ADP numbers come out at 250 to 270,000, that will keep the unemployment rate at 3.5 to 3.6, which is 10 basis points above it, the 54-year historic low. So if I can just remind everybody the thing that I am looking at that means the most to me, it's unemployment. You cannot have a recession it's not possible with people going to work. They do not just put money in a bank account. It's a bank's wet dream, and it will never happen. It especially won't happen 
with inflation around six and a half percent core. It's just not going to happen because all, most of the people that have the money, the large majority, are going to be wealthy and they're going to deploy the money. Yep. That will keep the economy afloat in some area. Yep. To our point that the bull market does not disappear, it just goes somewhere else. Money doesn't just disappear. It foof appears, but once it's here, it's not. It can never go. It's here for good. It stays. That's why there's this magical thing called inflation. Okay? So taking a step back, I'm very, very, very much excited for the end of quarter three because I told you guys at the end of quarter one that it looked like the setup was Q3 into Q4 might be an area where we could catch a rebound and end the year moderate for those who were disciplined, for those who kept their head down, and for those who did the right thing, which is you buy when the market's down. Not buy the dip, but buy when the market's down. I don't know if that's going to be right, like I said. But the, the things that I'm mentioning to you all week over week are convincing me more and more that that could be the case. That's why I'm targeting November as a good um, entry point for a lot of my retirees. I'm not doing that myself. I'm jamming money into the market every single month, no matter what. Right now, I've increased it. I'm not doing that because I have a time horizon that allows me to do that. So I want to keep buying as the market goes down. But for my retirees, I'm targeting around November because I really think that it could be the flip around. One of the big catalysts, and I'm sorry for... I have some of, uh, some of my listeners and my clients that are, are not as conservative as me. Red wave coming in November. It is going to come. It, I, I Don't ask me on presidential elections. Don't ask me who's going to be president. I promise you... There's going to be a huge wave of red politicians getting into office. And that it, that's not just my consensus because I want it to be because I, there's a ton of bias coming from my side. It's in every circle. It's Democrats saying that to other Democrats. I, um, I interviewed a, a guy named Philip Stutz recently on a Monday episode that's coming out. And I mentioned it on this last week's Friday episode. Um, I was talking to him after because he um, he's a political marketer. So he helped Bush, he helped Obama, and he also helped Trump all get elected. So he's helped elect uh, three campaigns uh, or administrations. I mean, a couple hundred congressional you know candidates. Like he's like you know we have to be as unbiased because based on whoever's hiring us, we just want to market them, their cause, their point, their mission, whatever it is accordingly. And I was like, all right, so, you know, I'm not going to ask you because I didn't even ask him, you know, what side he, he stands on. But I said, you know, based on everything you're seeing right now with all of the marketing that you guys are doing, you know, are we seeing a red wave? Is that just a fallacy and a hope for, you know, certain people? And he goes... It, I've been marketing for 20 plus years and I have never seen the amount of support from Democrats for many Republican, you know, party congressional candidates and, you know, other leaders in that particular arena as strong as it is today. 
the data shows so many people that were moderately, you know, in the middle, level-headed type of Democrats have 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 wanted to separate themselves from the extremism that their party has made front and center with how they're, you know, going about what they're going about. So I think, you know, politics aside, policy drives a lot of what happens in our economy, right? I mean, you can see the stance that the Biden administration has taken on either rolling back certain policy that, let's say, the Trump administration did or completely inserting new things that have you know, taken a, a right turn from historical policies that our economy has been wrapped around energy, right? Oil production, green, that's all, you know, just one example of it. I thought uh, it was kind of funny. I mean, you're even getting like big, you've already heard the, the, the musts and you've already heard a lot of people be very outspoken. Now you got Jeff Bezos that um, this last week, this was a tweet that came out on July 3rd. Um, President Biden, my message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. And Jeff Bezos retweeted him and said, ouch, inflation is far too important a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. It's either straight ahead misdirection or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. And I think this honestly highlights the point that we're trying to make, right? Is that they really don't, well, not just they, but how many people in general don't understand economics and market dynamics as a whole. And if you did, which is why we do this show, which is why we have these conversations, you can make much more strategic and intelligent short-term and most importantly, long-term investing decisions that align with the goals that you're trying to achieve, which is to create wealth, right? To create an, a, a, a dynamic and a space that everyone can win in. And when you understand and know these things, you know you can play that game at a much higher level. And the people who are kind of setting the rules of the board game right now, which is the concern, I think, for a lot of people is um, don't understand the basics of how to play the game. You've never met, um, uh, I'll take that back. Most of the people that I do business with without even trying to, just naturally, even in California, Republicans. You want to know why? Because Democrats don't have money. And if they do, it's because they're, po- they're at the top end of the party. It's like a fucking pyramid scheme. Yeah. It's convince everybody to, to give us money so we can give it back to you. And we'll skim some off the top and keep us rich and you poor. It's the literal thing they tell you they're not doing. And you want to, and it's let's take money in and just blast it back out and then make things so bad that you have to be reliant on the government. That's the, that's the MO of the Democratic Party. Um, I say that just out of basic, if it was opposite was true, I would say the opposite. It's just not. You go, go look around where you live. Go. Go look at the nice houses and nice neighborhoods. You tell me how many Trump or Republican things you see and how many Biden things you see. It's not like it's a, not a thing. You know, the old, the old saying stereotypes are, are real for a reason. Wealthy people are generally Republican and poorer people are generally Democrats. Right? It's a fact. And I'm not saying that to be an asshole. I'm just telling you that's a fact. 
generally more conservative people know how to use their money better than more liberal people because they don't make as much emotional decisions. Holy cow. Shocker there. Mm -hmm. Now, there's wackos on both sides of the street. Absolutely don't get me wrong there. Oh, for sure. You have to take that and you have to take that that and and stick it in juice box and suck it and see how how that feels. <laughs> it's it's just true. I deal with you know how many I literally talk to sometimes eight to ten new people per day every day, and I've been doing it for seven years. That's my. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's it's the in the disparagement for somebody that I can t- that that will literally come out and tell me. It's woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, and I have $100,000. And then I deal with people that are like, I work my ass off, I put my head down, da da da, da and I got a million bucks. Yep. Yep. Well, we will continue to track the, the data, right? Job openings, uh, 17% year over year are up. And I think we're also starting to see more and more people applying. I'm already seeing a ton of people applying more. People are looking for, you know, second jobs. Um, and I think this is a good thing, right? The, the Fed continues to tighten up and fight inflation. Um, we're starting to oil see, is down. We're starting to see some things based on what the Fed is doing that ultimately I believe are you know, exactly how they want this to play out without crippling the economy and keeping this. So short and shallow is still my prediction. I know short and shallow is still your prediction as well. I think we're still seeing how some of these things play out into Q3 or all of Q3 will be an important data set to keep an eye on of what we think Q4 in 2023 is going to kind of look at. We got mortgage apps down just for some quick real estate news, uh, 5.4% this week. Obviously, you know, we've seen, you know, the tightening of money supply as well as, you know, rates jumping. But we also saw the 30-year fixed mortgage drop down from its high on June 14th of 6.28% down to 5.5%. Uh, CoreLogic just came out with their um, house price index. Uh, it's up 20.2% year over year. A lot of economists are saying, hey, it's not going to spike as much. We're thinking maybe 5%, 8%, not these 10 15 you know, 20% jumps that we've been seeing over the last few years. Again, this is all healthy I stuff, agree. guys. Yeah. So you know what Ryan said earlier and what we've seen in the private equity space, family boutique, you know, really smart money type of um, groups is institutional equity you know, is still looking for the long-term place that they can clip returns, it can be stable growth, and real estate is going to be one of those vehicles that they continue to do that in. We're seeing them look outside of traditional, you know, asset classes that they've been 100% focused on. They're getting a little bit more open to different types of, you know, um, arenas and asset classes. So, you know, cash is still trash in this environment. And it needs to find a home. And therefore, I don't think we're going to see any massive major dips in the housing market. Um, but time will tell, right? So we'll continue to keep you guys posted. If you guys want to uh, you know, have us dig in on any particular topic or give our thoughts on anything, text us at 844-447-1555. Don't forget, we got a few of you guys on the list already. Uh, if you want to know more about our NAPA meetup, uh, our NAPA day, uh, Mr. Breedwell and his connections, talking wealth, drinking some great wine, getting around other high-level investors, business owners, entrepreneurs. You can text the word NAPA to that same phone number, 844-447-1555. Until next week, see you guys.
Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.